This is Wick. Yes, John Wick, that's right. I'd like to make a dinner reservation for 12. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the movie calendar. My name is Lee. And I'm Terrence. And this week, we're going to be talking all about the modern action classic, John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we are. This is one that we've been wanting to talk about for quite some time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. I, I don't know how much Terrence actually likes this film or dislikes this film, so I'm excited to, to kind of jump in and, and have this chat. Uh, but this being the first action film that we're doing of, for the movie calendar, uh, we're probably going to get a few new listeners and new viewers, hopefully. Um, so welcome to you. Uh, if it's your first time, uh, I'll give you a brief rundown as to how it all works and why we're doing it. If you've been here before, you know the drill. Uh, time codes are in the description below. If you want to jump straight into the film discussion, you'll be able to see it down in there. Uh, if you are listening to this in the audio format through your podcasting app, uh, we do have a video version, which is how we would prefer it to be seen. Uh, and if you are watching us uh, on YouTube, then uh, you can listen to it on your favorite podcasting app as well. Um, but yeah, did you want to give a quick overview as to why we're doing this, Terence? We are doing this because we have all been in that situation where we are just looking for something to watch. And wouldn't it be great if you could just look at a movie calendar? We couldn't find one. Actually, I, I didn't look. But I think it'd be great if we could create one. So we have uh, set the task to create a movie calendar where every episode we are going to place the film that we talk about on a movie calendar. We want this to be not just our decision. We want you to help out as well. So, you know, when we announce our movies, think of the perfect date that you could watch this film on and get in touch with us. Uh, Email us. We've got an email. It is themoviecal at gmail.com. You can tweet it to us. Our Twitter handle is at themoviecal. We're on Instagram as well, at uh, themoviecal as well. Look at that. That's also themoviecal. Uh, and what else? Is that, that's the only ways they can get in touch with us, isn't it? Oh, we have a website. We have a website. Yeah. This is, this is we're in the 2000s. Uh, it is themoviecalendar.com. So you can go there. If any of those things you forgot, just go online and you'll see us everywhere. Oh, yeah. And we have a YouTube channel as well. If you're on YouTube or watching it anyway, yes, you can you can consume us however you want to consume. You're, you're all you're content. already here. Um, yeah, uh, feel free to to take uh, take advantage of the the um the chat down at the the bottom of the YouTube uh, clip as well. If you any any questions or any comments, feel free to leave them down there, and we'll uh, we'll we we'll see those and we'll respond uh, accordingly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super excited to start talking about John Wick uh, from yeah. 2014, directed by Chad Stahelski and David Leach. Uh, who came from the the stunt world before uh, making their directorial debut with this uh, uh, awesome, awesome film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said you weren't sure if I liked this film or not. This film is something that I've I've only seen a couple of times. Uh, I did rewatch it in preparation for this episode, but it was something that... Uh, look, I, like a lot of people who... Uh, do a lot of things with their partner. My wife and I like to watch movies together. This is a film that I watched one night. I stayed up a little bit later and it was a little sneaky watch for me. I thought she might not like it. Uh, And you know what? She actually hasn't seen it yet. I've been trying to describe it to her without giving too much away, but there's no way you can do that because, because of the film. So... You know, I think she'll watch it. She's not a big fan of, of violence and all that. But, you know, I think with the style that this was done in, 
it's it's kind of hyper realistic a lot of it um where you know hopefully she can get past the first the first stage of it i did prep her yeah. for it it's um, a big hurdle big hurdle to kind of to get over for first time viewers yeah I, th- I think she's still in that that phase of i can do it i can do it i can do it because she wants to enjoy it she wants to see it for for the cinema that it is um but you know anyway i i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it i've I've seen it uh, a number of times, as I said, and um, it's very cool. So I'm glad we get to talk about this. Yeah, I've got a bit of a confession to make, actually. Um, yeah. I, being the the kind of cinema file that I am, I actually missed this film in the in the cinemas, which was uh, a huge disappointment. I discovered it after the fact. A friend of mine uh, sort of recommended it to me, and then I, I sat down and watched it, and was immediately had that feeling of once it finished that ah, oh, I really wish I had have seen this in the cinema. But that that happened with. Uh, a lot of people with this film, like it, it didn't go too well at the box office. Um, it still made a profit, which was really good. It, it did, I think it was around $86 million at the box office off a $20 million budget. Um, and then you account, you know, double that for marketing. So it's kind of doubled its money, uh, which is which is good enough to merit a sequel. But this, this movie really found its audience at home uh, with DVDs and Blu-rays and, and streaming. I think it, yeah, it really kind of is... Almost at that that cult status, it hit quite quickly, which normally takes films, you know, a longer time to do. So yeah, it. So yeah, me and, and a bunch of other people as well around the world have sort of discovered this film uh, after after me it was too. released, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. We're me both too. in the same boat. Do you think that's a Keanu thing? I mean, the same thing happened with Matrix, right? It didn't go. Uh, no, Matrix as was well. huge. Really, Matrix in, was a monster when it came out. Yeah, huge. It was a beast. Uh, it was- it was just the lead up, wasn't it? They weren't sure of how it was going to yeah. do. It, it, they didn't know how to market okay. it. It was like, mm. it's such a weird movie. But then, yeah, I think word of mouth really got to the to the Matrix. But we'll, I'm sure we will talk about the Matrix at yeah. some point in the future. That one will will probably yeah. definitely make an appearance on the calendar somewhere. But be. for now, definitely. Uh, it, is the, definitely. it is the John Wick show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's let's start. Let's um, let's talk about how. Our two directors created created this scene, the world, the the whole scope, the stage that uh, John Wick lives in. Yeah, they've got a they've got a really interesting kind of uh, origin story, I guess. I'm a, I'm a big superhero nerd. You can probably see the paraphernalia in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've got a really really cool history. So they they come, as I mentioned uh, briefly at the at the start, they come from the stunt world. So they were uh, have been stunt doubles and stunt coordinators for many years. Uh, Chad Stahelski, who is the 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 first named director on this film, David Leitch is is second. Uh, he was the stunt double for Brandon Lee on The Crow. Um, a lot of people will know that film as a as a cult film. If you're not aware of it, uh, it became infamous for the film that Brandon Lee uh, was was killed on. He was killed on set. Um, and uh, and Chad Stahelski, being his stunt double, filmed the rest of the movie uh, on Brandon Lee's behalf. So that the scenes that they hadn't done yet, they just did a lot of wide shots and background wow. shots because he had the same kind of movements as him. Um, so yeah, that's wow. kind of where he got his his big break. Uh, and uh, and yeah, he's also he stunted for Keanu Reeves in the, in the Matrix and and David Leitch has been a stunt double for uh, the Jason Bourne series for Matt Damon as well as being. Uh, stunt double for Brad Pitt for a number of projects as well. Now these guys met um, uh, sometime in the in the early '90s, 
and uh, and they formed a production company, a, a stunt a stunt production company called Eighty Seven Eleven, uh, where they would film stunts and edit them so that they could pitch them to directors. It was like the first time that this had kind of ever been done. It was really revolutionary. Uh, and that's how they started getting lots of really good gigs. Uh, and it kind of put notches in their belt of learning how to direct. They were kind of inadvertently teaching themselves how to be directors by, by you know, framing up these, these stunt scenes that they were choreographing uh, and editing them together. They were kind of, yeah unassumingly teaching themselves how to be directors so then when when the script for john wick hit their desk uh and 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 keanu wanted to do it they're like we're the guys we we have to do this with you and then you know as they say the rest is history it's i think it's a really cool story of of how these guys became uh became directors it's so cool pave your own way um i i didn't look into these guys i haven't you know, before actually today was the first time i jumped on and thought let's look these guys up i try to just enjoy the film and I, I like picking out details of it and i think oh lee you can you can do all that you probably have already <laughs> you're that you're that person in this uh in this uh thing that you and i have going. i'm okay with that but you know okay i looked them up and i just i saw you know I, I looked all cool when you just said that um that chad was stunt double for brandon lee and i was like yeah i know that well, I know that because I found that out like four hours ago. <laughs> uh, I, I was so shocked when I read it. I thought, no way, these guys are awesome. Um, and I got into their website and everything. So, 87, I think the company name is actually called 8711 Action Design. I think that's right, the okay. full, full name of their company. But it's so cool. They've been involved with so much. But the fact that they have just, you know, you hear that a lot where they just saw a need. They had the ability and they did it. And it's just... It's just turned into something incredible that's touched so many action films that we all know. So many yeah, actors like they've worked there with. Was a, it's just huge. There was a there was a, a gap in the market that they saw yeah. and, and took advantage. They also both of the the guys um, worked as as well as working as stunt choreographers on films before uh, before directing. They would also do a bit of um, not co-directing but assistant directing or second unit directing. So they would um, mm. film things like you know. Uh, second unit directors kind of do a lot of uh, establishing shots of cities and things like that so they they kind of developed an eye for it um their entire careers yet they've kind of just been on this trajectory kind of unbeknownst to them that has just led them to this uh to this moment where they've been uh you know ready to do uh john wick and and it shows like these guys came out of the gate swinging uh this this film is incredible it looks amazing the stunts are just Mm. incredible um, was this their first film? This was their first film, yeah, their 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 wow. debut. So they're hitting absolutely hitting the ground running uh, with yeah. this one. There's a there's a handful of directors that come to mind where their their first film has just exploded. Um, you know, like Jordan Peele with Get Out, uh, Quentin Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs. Like, mm. there's a yeah, but most most people will kind of you know do it do a kind of smaller film first and then kind of work their way to it. But yeah, no, yeah. these guys were, they were, they were ready. The, the perfect sort of amalgamation of just, just time and, and, uh, and yeah, happenstance for it to come together. And, and as a cinema audience, we are forever thankful that, uh, that the stars aligned for it to, to happen. I know at least I am. I think this film is, is yeah. just, is awesome. It's so good where I, I actually heard a little bit while I was just looking today, there's a little bit that they have a podcast on their own site as well. They've got audio files. And there was an interview with, with Chad um, where they actually 
you know, pronounces, <laughs> they make a deal, they make a pronunciation, they go, right, we have to say it's Stahelski. Stahelski is how you pronounce his name. I've heard a million others. Anyway, so it was really cool because they were talking about how it was really great to be able to direct the whole film, uh, especially as action directors and not split the film up and not have to hire someone who just did the action and someone else to do the story. Yeah. It, you could see that it was done the whole way through. And even some of the some of the quiet scenes were shot like action scenes with as much drama and they put so much attention into making sure that that the cinematography matched the same, I guess, attention, not attention to detail, but the same impact that a, that a fight scene would have so that it hits you just as hard as a fight scene does. So it was a, it was a nice little thing to hear that uh, they were really proud that they could take it right through and do what a lot yeah. of other directors can't do. Because they could, they could fill that niche, that niche in niche, 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 niche that hole in the market. On where you're from, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's I cool. think they did something really clever with uh, whilst whilst we're on the subject of of cinematography. Um, the the DOP on this film's name is Jonathan Seller uh, mm-hmm. or Seller. It's S E L A. Uh, I think it's I, Seller. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he he does a phenomenal job with just with the lighting and just. The, the shot design of this film. I'm sure yeah. that this film was storyboarded to death. They would have had storyboards everywhere trying to to set up all the shots and they would have done a lot of um, filming of the, the fight scenes in warehouses before taking it onto set. So they would have known what they were making almost shot for shot I the actually entire this, film. I thought this came from a graphic novel. This could it easily... It seems like it, yeah. Every shot could be transposed onto a page inside of a frame uh, and graphic novel even computer game i thought is this a movie of a computer game or vice versa is there a john wick game out there now i don't know no no this is all there should be so stylized actually there is a john wick game it's called john wick 2 and john wick 3 oh oh i love those films i I think they're amazing but yeah no they they evolve into kind of video game territory which i which i i do admire but no like the, the the way that this film is shot um, for the story, like it's 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 the perfect combination of sort of the writing and the visual storytelling coming together because it's in such mm. a heightened world. Like whilst yeah. it kind of exists in you know in New York, like it's set in the real world, there's this you know kind of underground um, you know assassin league essentially that that just no one knows about, and it's it's sophisticated and well funded and organized, mm-hmm. and so by by shooting it in this this really hyper realistic way or hyper unrealistic way this kind of really over the top um, over the top way with with the with the lighting and just the way that the camera moves and yeah uh, or doesn't move when the like especially in the action scenes like they make sure that you can see everything yeah it was just a, it was a really clever clever way to 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 have a kind of a defining feature of the film in 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 just the the visual storytelling being just so unique and and over the top um, it kind of sets you and eases you into this world as well that is so over the top itself. Yeah, it's it's really clever. I think they do that with the intro, you know, with the the not the backstory, but the the lead in. They give you a really nice dressing up of who John is, so you 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 can really empathise with him, and you're allowed to get angry with him when he gets angry. It's not just a guy who's done bad and you know that he's got a temper, so he's going to go and oh, he's probably going to get a gun and go crazy with it. And it, this is 
you're you're really with him from day dot he's gone through absolute heart-wrenching despair and and then everything else happens <laughs> yeah and it's just you you can almost justify his actions and then you look uh, and then you're able to see Oh man, his secret weapon is that he's the world's best assassin. This is yeah, cool. So cool. I think yeah, having a having a character like John Wick um, is is really tricky. I'd imagine for a writer because he's he should not be an empathetic character. We should not be able to get on board with what he's with what he's doing. But by by introducing him the way that they do with you know having his oh and. <laughs> If you've made it this far in, spoilers <laughs> for John Wick, obviously. Uh, we're going to be spoiling the whole film. Um, probably should have mentioned that up the top. I'll, I'll make a note for next week. Sorry. Let's write it, um, well, let's write it in the description. It, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be in it. there. It's fine. Put people know spoilers. by now. But if you are new, yes, we are going to be spoiling the film. If you've clicked on yep. this because you wanted to hear about John Wick, <laughs> we are assuming that you have seen the film. But, you know, one should never assume. But no, the, the, the writers make uh, a, a really, really good... Um, uh, uh, like I have a really good idea for, for helping us to empathize with John by just mm. stripping him away of everything. You know, the, at the beginning of the film, there's like, it's, it's just, it, it opens, well, it's, there's a cold open with him at, at the end with the fight, but then it goes into him at the funeral of his wife and, or sh- and showing her getting sick. Um, and then, yeah. Wait, ta- did you say kicking a, it- a cold open with the fight? Yeah, it, the the film like opens with the car at the at the where at the oh. dock, sort of oh, it opens driving with the into ending the ending of the fight. I it opens you. with the ending of the, yeah, of yeah, the fight. Right. Yeah, at, at the very end fight. Yeah, uh, and then he watches the the little video on his phone of, of him and his wife at the beach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by by having having him go through that and then getting the puppy as the as the last gift from his wife and then. Mm. And, and setting up in the letter as well, like you need something to love because uh, the car doesn't count. Like setting up, cool, we, we know that this man is grieving. Um, he, he's got this, this puppy that, that has so much meaning for, for him and is so meaningful to him, even though it's just been introduced. And he loves his car. Like those are the, the three things that we know about John Wick at this point. And oh, that man. he ends the film bloodied. And then by just like within like 10 or 15 minutes they just take it all away from him in the most brutal way you are just on board for this just revenge story yeah uh, of him just just yeah just cold-heartedly just going through to achieve the mission of, of finding the person who took those things away and and making them pay and uh they they make it uh, a really really clever uh point of injecting humor in as well in the in like especially just after the violent moments to kind of ease you in a little bit um but yeah Whoa. so it's 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 very well written <coughs> i think they've got to do that the um the justification for him to seek revenge i don't think um you know of course stealing a car isn't enough but they had to do something even worse i, I wonder if they even toyed with you know, maybe they came in and, and they killed his wife and then he was out yeah. for revenge. I was but thinking that as well. Going with that extra layer of no natural causes, he's mourning and then the puppy. Wow, that's... What? The, okay, the writer, Derek Kolstad. Yep. Um, what happened to you as a child, Derek? The poor <laughs> oh. thing. 
<laughs> you poor thing. I really, I really feel for you if this happened. To you. Well, the the dog, anyone that's had a had a, a pet die, it's really horrible. So this was a really bad scenario, and I think that's why this is really giving almost um, not. I, I said justification before. Yeah, I guess this allows you to feel okay to go along with John and watch him execute many 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 people i don't know what the body count is in this film i'm sure you'd be able to find it if you jump online i I don't know off the top of my head it'd be high (laughs) it's huge it's huge uh while you were talking then um about helen helen john's wife when she she leaves the puppy you know i've watched this i think i've watched it three times i never got in the card where she says i'll leave you this dog in in the line of you know you need something to love the car doesn't count. You know, I actually thought she's, she wrote, the card doesn't oh, count. that's cute. The card doesn't count. Like, it sounds, it's, it's the D. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I thought, oh, the card doesn't count. Oh, yeah, he's crying because he's reading her words. The card yeah. doesn't count. He loves the card. No. That makes so much more sense. Yeah, they said. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Shattered. Mind blown. I have to go watch it again now. <laughs> yes. Oh, poor you. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe. Ah. The yeah, so like they, they they introduce how important how important the car is oh, to him man. very early in that in that uh, yeah in that moment. Wow. Ah. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. I think I'm lost. All my notes that I've got sc- I've got scattered all over here are totally irrelevant. I didn't even realize they were talking about the car. Great. No, that's all right. I've got I've got you covered. I'd love to have a chat about um. Yeah, like this with the with with regards to the writing, um, yeah, and with with that like motivation, yeah, the the minimalist storytelling uh, is just so efficient in this film. Like, mm. like it's it just moves at such a pace at the beginning uh, with setting up these characters and their motivations. Uh, it sort of doesn't let you stop, but it doesn't become overwhelming either. It would have been it would have been really easy. Uh, to just just throw this information and at the audience and for us to be like oh I don't care about any of this it's too much why are we why are we getting to know this but because yeah they 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 do it so so cleverly with you know injecting the humor and and setting up stakes that are uh, that you can mm. understand uh, in in really efficient and minimal minimalist ways so the examples that I've got are obviously the dog the dog being killed for motivation is um yeah is is such a such a clever way to do it because everyone can empathize with that i don't care if you're a dog person or not like you feel that uh and you're like okay i'm on board with everything that that happens um and just the way that we find out about how deadly john wick is with that phone call between uh uh, vigo and aurelio uh, after after aurelio punches vigo's son for bringing the car in yeah and he just vigo calls up and and is like i heard you punched my son and he's like yeah well he he stole john wick's car and killed his dog and figure's just like oh oh yep hangs up the phone like i get it like that tells you everything you need to know so about john wick in that I in think, just that that small moment i think i was kind of jiggling in my seat like i was pushing my hands down on the side of my legs and kind of bopping up and down with excitement going oh this is exciting this is good it just yeah there, there are these nice levels of realization throughout and i think before that when aurelio john leguizamo really cool cool little role there for him awesome when john leguizamo's character you know confronts um uh, joseph is it joseph joseph 
Yosef. Um, Alfie Allen's character is like, where did you get the car? Like when, when he stands up to him like that and then punches him, I thought, whoa, whoa, John Wick is not who he seems. And look, I yeah. didn't actually know too much about the film either. So I was lucky enough to be on a really cool uh, journey of, of realization through the stages of this film. So I was very excited as each of these things were happening. Um, but that was that was a great scene. Just just Vigo's expression on that call, and he just goes, "Oh," and his fear on his face. Yeah. It's all uh, you need. It's great. It was great. Yeah, and like, it, okay, I understand why you punched my son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know him. He is a dick. Um, I like how they carry it through as well. And I think when you know to the to the minimalist script. You know, there are so many opportunities where they can do this and uh, with, with you know, all the, all the kills, there's no smart one-liners or there's no lead up to it or anything. But when the, they talk about, uh, you know, they set the scene that he's the boogeyman, he's, he's you know, what are you, I'm not scared of the fucking boogeyman. Like, no, no, he he's who we sent to kill the boogeyman. When you see all that, you hear all that, and then he realizes he's got to try and smooth this out, and he rings John. <laughs> oh, that's such a good call. And and it, silence, and you know, and the supporting character. I don't know. Is it is it Ari? I don't know the uh, whoever it is. Vigo's right hand man. Why would you choose that guy as a right hand man? Um, he's like, what did he say? Why would you ask? What did he say? You're not. You're not a, a 17-year-old girl who just, you know, had her boyfriend on the phone and you broke some weird news. What did he say? Enough. And he, and he said, enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so too. The script is- Sets him is, up so well. You know, when there aren't too many words, you've got to make sure that the words you do use are appropriate. And I think that this is something that didn't need a lot of words because it was totally fueled on raw emotion. That was it. He didn't need to explain to people. He didn't need to tell people, yeah, I'm back. Uh, he, he just was acting. He was just, he was just on a mission. That was it. Yeah. I think in that, in that moment as well, Vigo, and, and this is the way that I interpret it. Um, people obviously are open to all kinds of different interpretation, but I think Vigo knows in that moment that his son is dead. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, there is, he's like, there is, there's nothing I can do. He's like, I'm going to try. I'm going to throw resources at trying to keep my son alive. Uh, but yeah, I can, I, can, I can see it in his face. Well, uh, they his, use... Uh, his son's dead. They use the... Which I, actually, it threw me a little bit. They use text on the screen. Uh, not, not necessarily for subtitles, but when... Just adding, adding to that heightened reality of the, the, yeah, that's the world. Where, yeah, that's where I think hyper-reality is, is a good way to do it. And it is extremely stylized. And that's why I thought this must be a computer game. But it is very graphic novel-esque. You know, the font they use, the way they, they've bolded and they've enhanced some words. Uh, they, I thought they're just doing it to, um, to accentuate the lyrics of the Boogeyman song. As Vigo sings the song, the words come up on the screen. But they do it later. They do it all through the film. And it's it's usually, I think it's only, it's not every time a Russian person speaks or someone speaks Russian. But it is only when someone speaks Russian that these titles come up. I guess it makes sense. Why would you subtitle in the language of your chosen audience? I don't know. But 
I thought it weird when they decided to do it. Why did they decide to do it? And why did sometimes did they decide not? But it did yeah. add to that extra layer. And he did see that his son was about to die because he sings the boogeyman song. And the lyrics are, the boogeyman will rise from the swamp and and kill your child. I think that's the words in the in the song. So he's he's singing that with a little bit of sorrow in his heart. Yeah, he knows. Acceptance. I'm sure. Of, I'm sure of it. At yeah. least that's in my in my head canon. No, he knows. I think it's yeah. in everyone's. Now, what? What? Just moving on. Just uh, yep. uh, onto the onto the the choreography and the stunts and Keanu Reeves because there's so many times like this. Like when you look at this film as a script before it gets made, if this doesn't get cast correctly, especially John Wick. And you have to kind of edit around an actor who doesn't quite know how to do his own stunts. Like this movie does not work. It just doesn't. Mm. You can you can add all of the the stylistic cinematography in the world, unless you have that that right actor to do it, it's just not going to happen. And yeah. man, Keanu Reeves went to work on this movie. Like it's nuts. It's one thing to say that a character is the most deadly person in that universe, but then to show it. Is a completely different thing. It happens all the time in cinema. They just use words to be like, oh, this person's the most deadly. This person's the most this. This person's the most that. Yeah. But they don't follow up on it at all. It's just, we're just supposed to believe it. And what we see more often than not, it just isn't the case. It's just uh, fancy in editing. In this case, like, oh, exactly. Fancy but editing in, and shaky, close yeah. camera work. Exactly. Yeah. In this In this film... You, you feel it. You feel that John Wick is the most deadly person yeah. in that universe. Uh, this it's, is, and it's, it's just incredible. It's good. And, and well, it's good. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, wide shots and long wide shots, like taking a long time. They don't cut quick. He is doing the whole scene uh, in some cases. This is something that, um, that when I mentioned before that I heard a bit of the, the podcast when I was looking at uh, 8711 uh, yep. Action Design site, they also said that they they wanted that. Of course, they did. it's by design, but they also said they wanted the realism so that if something goes wrong during a scene, if a gun jams, they wanted him to just get through it and fix the jam and continue yeah, to, to know add that to realism. Do. If someone slips, you just, just get up, you know, correct yourself. If you miss a hit, then do it again. Um, I, I don't know if there was a, there was the scene in his house with the first time where you see him in action. And I think it's the last person that he kills where he's on top of them and he has the knife. He has the blade and he's oh, forcing yeah. it down. And the blade kind of pushes back it three goes times. In and out of him, yeah. And I wonder now, after hearing that, I wonder if the actor who he was, you know, who he was killing was pushing back so hard and not sure of when Keanu was actually going to give the blow and if it was actually real fight back, you know, and then it went in. Yeah, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it would have been choreographed like these guys. I refuse to believe that. I think it was too <laughs> real. <laughs> but I love happy accidents. Goes. In film, I love happy accidents in film yeah. and, and improvisation. Uh, however, with the the stunt coordinating in this film, I, I would I would imagine I don't yeah. know as a fact, but I would imagine that it was everything was purposeful. Just oh, they're all as you've just heard who, who the directors are and where they yeah. come from. I would I would imagine yeah. everything is purposeful. I'm sure they would have tweaked things on the day. Um, yeah. They've got to set and you know something like a floor would have been too hard to do a certain stunt or or something, and they would have had to have tweaked certain things. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say that, that everything is, is everything you see was meant to be seen. I think we should also mention that 
every stunt person in this film was incredible. I mean, they all died, but they had to take a full beating. <laughs> like they, they, they weren't in a film where this was just getting nicely cut. They were getting a full thrashing from Keanu and, yep. um, and in long takes, you know, they had to put equal effort into their role as Keanu did too. Um, look, this, this choreograph, uh, choreographed fight movie, I, I would have happily just watched all the fight scenes of this. I'm not a big fight scene person. I, I don't go to look for action movies, um, but this was... It, it was great. It was very different. And I think it is because of the way that they've they've lit it, the way that they've shot it. Everything was beautifully framed. Uh, I heard once, and I, I, it was many years ago, that if you look at any film and you could freeze any frame, if you could, you know, happily frame that on your wall, that's a good sign of, of incredible um, cinematography. Yeah. Which doesn't sound too out there saying, but I think this one, absolutely, you can do it. Yeah, there's a there's a film that's going to be coming up in the calendar. Um, I'm not sure when, uh, but it is it is it is the the definition of that. Um, no okay. no spoilers as to what it is, but um, oh, uh, <laughs> sorry, Terrence. Don't tell anyone. Tell okay. I'll, I'll 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 say I'll say two two words, and some people might get it. And this person's done a lot of films, uh, but um, uh, Roger Deakins. And that's it. If you don't know who that is off the top of your head, no, nope. that's fine. He's one. Of, he is he is probably arguably the best cinematographer who has ever lived okay cool good well it's gonna come up right yeah but then now and just 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 to touch back on it because i mentioned it briefly at the beginning um this film had a 20 million dollar budget which that might not yeah that might not be light go out oh my goodness Fully professional. Well, is going to fix that. Keep I'm your eyes focused on me. If you're listening on audio, that's not going to affect you. Keep listening on me. Focus on me for now. Um, a $20 million budget might not mean a whole lot to a lot of people. People don't know what budgets are on films, and that's fine. I'm a numbers nerd. Uh, I'll do it for you. Um, to give you a bit of context as to what a $20 million budget film normally is. Um, so movies that came around about this the same time. So this film came out in 2014. A couple of Best Picture Oscar winners include uh he's back he's lit up again uh include spotlight and shape of the shape of water by guillermo del toro like they're both 20 million dollar films an action film that came out the year after this that's widely renowned as being an an absolutely incredible action film that looks gorgeous and has amazing world building is you can see it behind me mad max fury road that film was a 150 million dollar budget so that that hopefully can give you a bit of an idea as to like what twenty million should and shouldn't get you, and twenty million dollars should not get you John Wick. But because the people behind the film and in front of the film were just so good and so efficient, we get wow. this amazing piece of cinema. So yeah, it, it is a it is a miracle that this film exists on that small of a budget. Wow. How did they afford to buy John Wick's house to film in? That would have cost like twenty million. <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah, house house goals, right? <laughs> they have good taste. And it just shows if you become uh, the world's best assassin, you can have really cool uh, houses. You shouldn't do wonder, that, by the way. I wonder, how many coins, this. <laughs> I wonder how many coins he, uh, he paid for that, for that house. Whoa. That's all part of it. Hey, developing this, this underworld, this secret underworld, they've got their own currency as well. 
Yeah. I've, I've never seen anything like that. It's usually, you know, two million or whatever. And they do still do that. They put a hit out and they, they put a price on it. But that's that's next level currency. Yeah. Um, when when yeah, uh, the- when they talk about it and I think he, they, they uh, John is, is just tying up um, what's her name? I keep looking off the side. I've got the Miss Perkins. Miss Perkins, uh, the, yeah. The, <laughs> the names of the characters on the side. Miss Perkins in the hotel room and he just restrains her and, and he's in the in the hallway and we hear the voice behind him. Do I know you? And what does he say? You sh- I'm, you sh- I'm, I'm guessing yes. I'm guessing yes. I love it. The immediate connection. It's Harry. Uh, and he's like, hey, you want to earn a coin? Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool talk. That's how cool people talk about lots of money. Oh yeah, it's the actual coin. Yeah, it's it's really oh. clever, and it's it it comes back to that minimalist minimalist storytelling. Mm. You know, we we never find out where the coins come from. Well, in this film, we don't. Um, like you, you and but you don't you don't have to know. No. Like it doesn't. You don't need to. You all you need to know is that you want to check into a hotel. You slide the coin over if it's the right place. You get you get treated right. Like it's yeah. That, that's as much as you need. It doesn't It doesn't have to be explained. Not everything in film has to be explained. If no. it works, it works. Yeah, You exactly. don't need to be sp- spoon-fed. Don't spoon-feed your audience. Bad. Bad filmmaking. Can we talk about the Continental Hotel? Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want to talk about a couple of like film techniques and things as well. Let's go. Okay. Let's, no, we'll, no, okay, let's keep doing that. Should we do then, that? And then okay. we'll go on. Yeah, for sure. Um... One of the things I really liked with the storytelling of this is the way they did a lot of intercutting or parallel kind of cut frames. I don't know what the what the actual term is, but during storytelling, it was almost always happening where one person was describing a scene and they would intercut it with something that was happening at the same uh, time. Yes, so I understand. Yeah, uh, I've got. So I've like got, when when Vigo is telling the story about how of who John Wick is yes. and how the bodies that he buried on that day laid the foundation for our empire yes. now and it's showing him in his house sledgehammering the, the concrete from in his walking basement. walking into his basement, opening the yep. door with that shot. Yes. And yep. um, that one is really interesting because as Vigo gets really close to his son, they're like face to face, he's getting really angry. As he gets more and more angry in his in his telling of this story, that's when John is using the sledgehammer, and every time they cut, he is hitting the concrete, and it just has this shattering, ding sound at the middle of the sledgehammer, and the sound of that resonates through the scene with Vigo as well. So I looked this up as well. The way they use sound in film or the sound is the the diegetic sound. Have you heard of this term, diegetic sound and non-diegetic? I have, yeah. So it, it's really interesting how the sounds that we see in a film, if the sound is something made by something in the environment that the actor is in, it is called diegetic, meaning the character can hear it and we can hear it. A phone ringing and then they answer the phone. The phone ringing is diegetic sound. So you would hear the bang, the strike of the sledgehammer on the concrete, but then the sound, the ringing of the sound would go into the other scene of Vigo teaching his son about the boogeyman. But you can hear this ringing overtone through it as well. So it carries across. They do this. In, so that was one instance of it. And I'll just say a couple of other times where I noticed it. Um, when, when Vigo goes in and 
and goes back to Willem Dafoe's character, Marcus, and he rings John and he proceeds to tell John the story of why he went back to Marcus's house. And all the while, John is turning his car around, racing back to him, right into when he's walking in the house and Vigo is still on the phone telling him the story. Not at the same time, but that's where the cutting happens and you realize they've kind of cut them to overlap each other. I love that technique. That's, you know, Tarantino plays with those time jumps as well, really well in yeah, he loves fiction, it. for example, you know. But um, that was another one. And then the first time I saw it was when the opening scene where uh, in the in the opening scene of the film scenes of the film in John's house and he wakes up in the morning and he goes to the bathroom and he looks across the bathroom bench and he sees all of Helen's makeup and all of her bathroom stuff and this is how they created really nice emotion as well and while he's in the bathroom you hear this beeping sound this shrieking beep just mm-hmm. a constant beep and you're not really sure what it is you think it's him just his head's ringing but the way the, that they cross the that monitor. into the hospital monitor the machine that goes bing uh is uh, that was really nice and they even changed the way the sound is um with their eq you know reverb goes away and you can hear it as if it's in the room that moment was really really tough um a tough journey to go through as well but you know that I think those were there were really nice techniques that they used there a number of times. Really nice ways to wrap up storytelling, without having to, you know, lay it out for us. Um, so that was one thing I think they did really well. I, I loved the editing with that. The other thing I saw with the way that they created these worlds because there were two very distinct worlds. There was Keanu's world, John Wick's world of of utter grief and despair and sorrow and nothing left to live for it was cold and every one of his scenes i think it was every one of them where it was about his world and we were connecting with him was color graded to be this really ghastly green gray color it was easy at the beginning because it was early morning and the house was mainly light colors and you don't really think much of it and then the raining scene in the cemetery and it lends itself to that atmosphere but every other scene through that where it's really just john even when he's in the hotel on his own he's in his own head and he's living with his own his own demons and his own heartbreak but whenever we're in the assassin's world full color bright over the top hyper realistic color and i haven't worked out the way that i can kind of um not rationalize it but i wish i could say this one means despair and this one means joy because i don't know if it's joy maybe it was once for, for yeah, i don't, I don't think the there's a whole lot of world? joy <laughs> no, joy things not. in this one but when it comes to you know you you look at shades of gray versus brilliant colors you know, that's one of the first things that you think of in terms of emotion. So I, I think it's something about this was his life. He used to live this and he didn't know anything apart from it. That was life for John and he was great at it. And at some level, he probably enjoyed his job too. And he enjoyed what life was. So he's, it was evidence of him stepping back into it. And that was how visually they created the, the two worlds. I'm still yet to wonder why they created the Assassin's World in such beautiful color and incredible lighting and vibrance and and i don't know it was i think because i think because it was so 
like it, it, because it, it's it doesn't exist it's false right it's a it's fiction yeah. like this this underground society doesn't really exist as far as we're aware at least um so yeah by 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 making it yeah that that really over the top um uh look and that hyper realistic look um yeah just kind of helps you to ease you into that mm. i'd imagine if it looked gritty and realistic it wouldn't be as believable yeah surprisingly and that was enough. His- that was his world. It was the gritty, realistic. All the shadows were totally crushed. There was no tonal, tonal range in anything that was in any sort of shade. Yeah, um, he's grieving. Yeah, yeah. All through the film. Yeah. Until the very last scene, he's still in grief, but he's in color. Yeah. Mm. Now that's really cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I, 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 yeah. I, that were big important things for me that I really wanted to mention. But I jumped in before you said, let's let's go. Yeah, yeah. No, light, was... light and sound is super important. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I wanted to have a chat about the um, the Continental, the, the yes. hotel that John that John visits when he kind yeah. of dips his toe back into the world of uh, you know the world of the the assassins again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I love I love this inclusion into the world. It's just. It's such a fun thing to just to have this hotel that that has this secret background to it, where where it, it, it you know because he's been out of the game. John's been out of the game for years, so he doesn't know if if it's the same place or not. So he mm. you know when he when he goes and meets the uh, the concierge at the at the hotel, the hotel manager says, "Is it the same? Is it under the same management? Same management, sir." Passes the coin across, and then yeah, he gets he gets what he what he needs from there, and. Yeah, it's just a it's a really fun, uh, really fun addition, uh, and I, I love the the play that the Continental has in the sequels as well. Um, not that we're talking about those today, but I love yeah the evolution of it uh, mm. going going forward too. There's a and I think there's even a TV show after it called I The Continental. I th- I'm pretty sure that's right. I've never seen it, um, but I think it's a thing. And if it's not, then it should be. <laughs> The um the Continental plays a character in itself. The way they shoot it, yeah, the, What a great um, location as well. Whoever you know, the the location scouts for that to get access to this incredible building. I don't know what it is, what it was, where it is. I'm guessing it's in New York City somewhere. Yeah, but it's in New York. It, in it almost looks like the um really the, cool the Flatiron Building, but it's 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 a similar shape. But I think it's too small to be the Flatiron Building. There are a few buildings that have that shape. There's even something like that in in Sydney, uh, in the middle of Sydney. There's that one of those buildings too, but really cool. And it and that that goes into the whole this underworld society that's right under our nose. Is this a hotel that's also open to the general public of normal people? I think so. Well, yeah, it, it would be. It'd have to be. Which I'm guessing is part of the reason why there is rules established within that building. Of mm. no business can be conducted on continental grounds. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I guess that might be the reason that the bar is hidden through yep. all the the rat run. Yeah, I'm sure. Corridors. I'm sure there's a regular bar in the lobby for for regular folk, uh, and then Raymond. for the assassins, they go through the basement and then pop the coin in the in the in the wall in the vending machine door. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. I was a little bit disappointed when the door just opened. I mean, the little, you know, he looks through. That's like a speakeasy. I was, you know, I was expecting some sort of nice mechanics of something, a coin going. 
Remember, twenty twenty million dollar budget, Terence. Let's not let's not ask for too much. Uh, it was very very cool. The world was amazing. Um, with the the hotel manager as well. At the at the at the beginning of that interaction, he says, "Oh, the hotel's gone through a a lot of renovations," and that's where John Wick is like, "Same owner." Same owner. Same owner. Yeah. And then when he leaves the desk, he's, he says something like, may I say, it's always a pleasure to have you here. And that was another one of those founding moments where you're like, oh, they know him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very well established that John is a, yeah. is a legend. An yes. absolute legend. Yeah. And Miss Perkins, where he passes Miss Perkins. You know, one thing I really like and one thing I respect about this film is that they didn't play with too much um, if any sexual tension, you know, I think as a as a no 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 room for a, it in a film like this, right? And I think as a as a cinema goer, as a movie watcher, you know, we're what's the word? We're conditioned to look for these things, you know, and it's the trope, it's the you know, you look and and you realize, oh, she must be an assassin too, or oh, maybe they had a relationship, or oh, maybe something's going to happen. It was so cool. There was not one bit of nudity. There were no no sex scenes. There was nothing like that here. It didn't need it. They didn't need to play to that that basic uh, denominator, that common denominator. I I really liked it for that. I think there was only one little instance of it in the bar. Yeah, with, with the, the bartender. The bartender, where you think, okay, there was some history. It's a really there. lovely moment. Yeah, and it's more like they're old friends, and you know they they may have had a relationship at some point. But they may not have. They just had a lot of respect for each other. And John wasn't wasn't changing his character. And she she talks about how she's she says I've never seen you like this, like what, vulnerable. Oh. Yeah. You know. So it, I I loved it that 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 was it. She she put her lipstick on the on the 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 napkin napkin. The that was circle. as far as it went. You know. Yep. You know, I, th- I really applaud them for doing that because it could have been another one of those films. But no, they were on a path and they did yeah. it so cool. Really, really clever world building. And yeah, uh, I think my favorite part about The Continental has to be Ian McShane. The uh, Winston. Winston. He yeah. is so cool. so cool as the owner of this hotel. Um yeah, just this this all powerful godlike figure, kind of watching over everyone and and uh, and making sure that people adhere to the rules, otherwise they will suffer the dire dire consequences, which we don't know yet. No, we, we have know. no we have no idea. But you but you kind of do as well. Like you understand that this world is just like operates by its own rules, yeah. and and when Ian McShane tells you not to break them, you go, yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> anything it's not you like say, sir. You're just going to be banned. You can't come to the New York, uh, the New York Continental. You can go to the one in, I don't know, another city. And then sit back, <laughs> relax. <laughs> oh, He's got. So, I, I've only that seen. Was too funny. <laughs> I've. I can only recognise Ian McShane from one other film, and I think I think he's in that film without me looking it up now. Is he also in Sexy Beast? I don't know. All right, I, I will look know. it up before we finish up. I'll, I'll let you know. But I think he's really cool. He just has cool about him as well. Yeah. Um, oozes charisma. Oozes. He's a charisma oozer. That's, that's exactly how I've been described many a time. <laughs> that's going to uh, that, that's gonna be the, the title of his autobiography now, thanks to us. 
Are you talking about I'm me? Sure, I'm sure he already has one. You're talking about me, right? I don't have an autobiography no. yet. Oh, you <laughs> no. know. No, not yet. Not <laughs> Embarrassing. Yet. Maybe. You're far too young. Far too young for that. I'll have a few autobiographies by the time I'm 35. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, the, con- the continental Sits and I says love. nothing. I love it. Um, yeah, no, we, I think we've, we've pretty much spoken about everything uh, that I wanted to talk to. Um, All right. I mean, we could take a bit of a deeper dive into the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Like I've I've praised I've praised Keanu for John Wick, but I'll do it one more time because I just I have to. For those who aren't aware, this man trained for eight months, like almost every day, like five or six days a week for eight hours a day to get film ready for John Wick, which is just such a huge commitment. And I, there's so many people out there that are like, oh. He's getting paid to do it and it's part of his job. Like movies are fake. Like they're not they're not real. You can do it in a way that the, the, the actor doesn't have to do this stuff. Yeah. But like that level of dedication to learn all of the, the gun foo and <coughs> and judo and uh gun is, yeah, like is gun yeah, gun foo, if you haven't heard that term before, it's uh it's how they refer to all of the gunplay in the film. Yeah, and 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 it and it shows like the fact that like one of the scenes that happens in the red circle when he's going after Iosef, uh, uh, he 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 empties the, his clip in the pistol that he's got, and he just instinctively just flicks out the empty magazine, pops in the new one, and then just continues on. And it's all done in 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 one take, in one shot. I've I've shot a gun before. <coughs> and you know if there are people listening to this overseas and think what do you mean he shot a gun before well, there's Australia and I'm not a gun person and um, I, I I don't remember being able to see bullets from the outside of the gun but a couple of times in the film they shoot and they run out of bullets and they look at their gun I, d- yeah. I don't know I'm, I'm interested if like is that a thing it if would you- it, look if if it's in this film with with how much care and detail they have it would absolutely yeah. be a thing yeah a certain i think i think certain pistols and, I, and my education on this is the same as yours like it's movies the only education that i have on <laughs> guns is movies because yep. here in australia we're very lucky not to not to have guns yeah. um uh that's uh, i'm not but we won't get into that here you know um, what the, but, uh, the reason I, i'm gonna say one more thing about that the only reason that i have had experience with a firearm is because of movies i convinced myself that i need to be ready in case there is a zombie apocalypse and what if i'm in a room full of all this cool ammunition and i have no idea how to use it how to use that it was, yeah that's and fair then i was with people that happened to be able to um facilitate that that situation well not the not the they didn't have a room full of ammo but they they yep. took us to a property and it happened it was that's fun uh, I, I always thought that firing a gun was something I that I ever wanted do it to again. do yeah um, like it's always been on this like, to do list to do but as I've sort of gotten older I'm like no nah. I don't care <laughs> it doesn't, I don't think it doesn't matter much. if there's no reason you know then nah. why why would you ever I mean it's a weird sensation yeah it's it's a it's a it's a feeling you'd never feel any other yeah. in any other situation so just uh, just ask me Lee, oh. if you ever have the urge just talk to someone who's I think got I'd, I'd, I'd ask I think I'd ask Keanu Reeves after <laughs> before, oh, sure. before I've got him on the other you. line he's yeah he's he's here he's dialing in now mm. but no yeah just that that level of dedication I think um it just goes such a long way like because then they they were they're able to you know work on the fly on any given day and 
and and change things up because they know that they have an actor who can do it. You know, he yeah. can go the miles that, that the stunt guys and girls can. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it, it would be super helpful. I think Tom Cruise is another one who, who is just so dedicated to his craft um, that he, uh, he he makes sure he trains and, and trains and trains for, for all of his his action set pieces that he yeah. that he does in the Mission Impossible films and and whilst he's not my favorite actor in the world I I have to commend him for it and uh, and I do Keanu here as well it's uh it's really impressive mm. yeah I love that he's that Keanu's in this film where he's the biggest badass in the world um yet he you know ask anyone look up online and he is apparently the nicest human being on earth as yeah. well yeah oh, wow really cool really nice he he must be so dedicated to his craft i mean i saw one of the videos online as well of him training for this role and the way he just runs through this this obstacle course firing range thing is just unbelievable i thought yeah, it was, was a video for, of me honestly i that thought was it was for, <laughs> that day when i was able to go and fire a, a weapon <laughs> i didn't realize anyone was filming yeah if you if you haven't if you haven't seen that um there might be people who are watching this who love John Wick that maybe haven't seen that. That was that was training for John Wick two for the sequel. Wow. Um, if if I forget to to add it into the description of this video, I'll I'll make it in the I'll put it in the comments mm. um, to that because it is on YouTube to be able to to be watched uh, and it's insane. It's essentially Keanu just going through a, a a gun range obstacle course essentially with a bunch of different guns attached to him and he's yeah. just going through them. Uh, in real time and it's just it's nuts you're like okay now this is a guy that i don't i don't want to be on the bad side of yeah uh, yeah it's incredible to think he he would have learned all that for john wick is just amazing and you said it you know sure he's an actor he gets paid to do all that but man you've got to be dedicated for it and you've got to have the the physical ability the physical skill and okay yeah he did get trained up for it but you know what good on him he did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something that is, is absolutely not necessary in Hollywood. No. Um, it, is, it is for this film. Uh, and if they didn't have an actor to do it, they just would have had to have hired a stunt person to do it that might not have had the acting chops to pull off the, the more sincere and, and heartfelt or funny moments. So, And it would yeah, have been it's... really hard to... to Not hard, but it would have like blown the budget in editing to, to get another actor to do that and i'm sure every other other action film that has to do that they've experienced that and they're probably thinking man it would have been so cool if we could have just used the same actor all the way through this he does his own yep. driving stunts too right his driving is insane yeah and he's a full motorcycle enthusiast so he knows about all bike riding but driving mm. yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, like the driving stunts that happened in the in the last action set piece where it's you know it's in the rain and it's up on that mm. up on that dock um, yep. Yeah, he was he was doing maneuvers that were that were so close to a like a massive drop that if he'd have gone off, there would have been serious injuries. Uh, you reckon he was doing him. those ones? He was. He yeah. he he was. He was in that car doing those stunts. He did. Wow. He did. Yeah, over ninety percent of his own stunt work in this film. I like him a bit yeah. more now. Yeah, I like it, him a lot already. Awesome. But now I just like him just a little bit more. <laughs> I was only going to talk about him for a little bit, and we've kind of gone on for like another ten minutes. I'm sorry. Now we can skip a few. I'm not. I'm not sorry. Uh, I want to talk about a few of the other characters as well. I think everyone in this film is just cast uh, superbly well. I'm not sure who the casting director was on this film. I should have. I should have looked that up because they did a they did a phenomenal job. I think Elfie Allen as the I'll look it up. You know, privileged asshole yeah. kid. 
you know, uh, entitlement mentality, just punchable face. Um, he, <laughs> he's he, got a, not, a face for not, punching. Not Alfie Allen. I'm talking about Yosef uh, Tarasov. Oh, uh, yeah. I was character. talking about that too. Yeah. yeah, no, he he does it so well. Um, it's 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 a difficult thing, surprisingly enough, to, to portray someone so vile that you can't wait for them to get shot at the end of the movie. And, uh, and he does it. He does it really well. He, it was it was nearly difficult watching him in this. I mean, obviously from from Game of Thrones, he's there too, and it was almost like he was. I'm not going to say he was bad acting, but he had. I'm not going to say but. No, the the Russian accent that he was using, it was like he was playing a really dumb person, which I th- right. he was. He was acting to act like a dickhead. Um, I'm swearing a lot, aren't I? Um, That's all right. We'll put the explicit warning <laughs> we'll put on the this little episode. E icon on there. Um, but yeah, I think he did that so well and it was so easy to hate him. It was so yep. easy to, to dislike him, even to the point where, you know, when he walks in to, to meet his dad after he steals the car and his dad hand is, hands him the glass of vodka, you know, his dad and oh, his right hand man, they're sipping such it. Such a just, brutal scene. He just downs the vodka and I thought, you have no respect for your father. That was probably expensive Russian vodka. <laughs> well, I, th- I think so. Now that scene, I, the father did that on purpose. So the father, what? I would say, he gave him that expensive burning vodka on purpose because he knew he was going to down it. So then, when he yeah. punched him in the stomach, he was going to vomit it up, and then he'd get the burn twice. Oh, you um, reckon? Oh, absolutely. That's if what it happened. was good Brutal. expensive vodka, it wouldn't burn. Oh well, then it was. I'm guessing that it burned going down and it burned coming back up, especially coming back up. Lee, talk to me when you know about expensive vodka, when you want to know about expensive vodka and shooting guns. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 highlights that I look and, forward to in my and, in my life, and how to charisma ooze, just just knock well, on my door. I used to have that. I think it. I think it, the ooze is. <laughs> Is drying up. It's a <laughs> it's less get. charisma. It's yeah. It's just, it's a it's a it's a it's not an infinite well that one. Unfortunately, I need to take some tips from Ian McShane. I think. Um, yeah. The the, Who do you the think character you from the character of the concierge in the yes uh, uh, in the Continental uh, Sharon or Caron is his name. Lance um, Riddick. Lance Riddick. He mm-hmm. is just. A beast. He's only he's only small, like a small part in the film. But you know, as the line goes, there's no such thing as a small part. There's only small actors. So uh, and stoic. Ah, he, uh, he he grabs a hold of of every scene that he's in, and and is is funny and charming, and and uh, and yeah. If you if you liked him, if, if this is the first time that you've seen John Wick before listening to us, check out the sequels. He's got a lot more to do. Um, and uh, and yeah, more screen time with him, the best. Yeah, Lance Riddick. He is a he's a treasure. I can't wait to see him do more stuff. It's the first time I've seen Lance Riddick. Has it been in things prior to John Wick? I probably. I don't know. Um, I would guess so. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and he, he he should get work. He he needs more work. Yeah. He's really really good. He was he was like a robot. I think a robot with a nice heart. There was a soft spot yeah. he had for John. Uh, even like when he was um, he rings the hotel room when John and Miss. <laughs> What's her name? Perkins. Miss Perkins are, are yeah. having a fight. And it just keeps Adrian ringing. Palicki. And he's just... Adrian. Yeah, Pal- Palicki. Um, he's just standing there ringing. It's like, what are you doing, yeah. mate? Go up to the room. <laughs> Call <Yeah>. security. <laughs> Go up there. But how he offers his hand, might I 
uh, would you need a dinner reservation? Yeah. That, that, look, that put it He's on so the next level as well. Yeah, that, the, the that level of professionalism. Think, well, see, that alone, I'm thinking, hang on, so, so John is allowed to break the rules, is he? No. No because, rules were broken. Well, no rules were room. broken, but we know that a dinner reservation means cleaning up the bodies, yes. right? A reservation for one would be one body or 12, I would guess. <laughs> But for for him to ask, do you need a dinner reservation? I don't know if that was more joking. Uh, you know, he's joking no, with John I'd... or he's saying, look, if you killed someone, I'll come and clean it up for you. I would say that even though there are rules in the Continental, there's probably uh, that say that you can't conduct business there. I would say that business mm. has been conducted um, and it would just be a... It's a courtesy. Yep, you've you've broken the rules. We will still oh, okay. we will still we will still clean up, and then we yeah. will see you later. Okay. And John also did say to Winston, when Winston said no no business on the property, uh, he said, "This is personal. It's personal." So yeah. you know that's fine. That gave him license. Do what you want, yeah. John. No, I I think if you just need to know killed, if you're working, <laughs> if he'd have killed Miss Perkins there, he would have broken the rules. And when you enter that that establishment, you understand, and he probably would have been killed. Yeah. Um, but no, if I was if I was the concierge and I was getting noise complaints of that level from John Wick's room, I wouldn't go up there. <laughs> I would stay very safe down in the lobby. I think. No, I reckon it'd be fine. Of all people, you'd be fine because you know that he's not angry with you. You're not going to yep. fight him. If you're going to fight him, then you're going to not come out of this alive. No. And he likes no, him too, not. right? Oh, yeah. He, he's lovely. Um, uh, I love uh, at the uh, Vigo. Vigo played by um, uh, Nyquist. What's his first name? Michael. Michael Nyquist. Michael Nyqu- Nyquist. Nyquist. Yeah. Uh, he's he's great. Like he's He kind of unfortunately suffers from the, you know traditional russian bad guy in in action cinema which i can't even say oh it's a product of its time because it came out in in 2014 so we were well and truly we were well and truly past that but you know i i can forgive it just because of how how you know you know um stylized the film is to have a to have a russian bad guy i i get it and And the uh, russians he's he's wonderful the russians have a mafia i think um if there's a known a known mafia yeah. What did you say that because you're scared that they're listening, Lee? I'm sure they do. Yeah, of course you know they do. Don't I will worry, take any come and get any you. any listeners any listeners of the pod I can. The Russian mafia, if you're listening, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. That would be wonderful. <laughs> I mean, they needed they needed a big bad guy. You know, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's like, oh well, that you know, I'm sure he gets cast in those kinds of things a lot as well. But yeah. uh, you know, he did he did it. So um, I reckon he did him proud. Yeah, I think he, he he I think he towed the line really well of um of of having love and animosity towards his shit of a son. Yeah. Like you can tell that there was love there like he did want to protect him, of course. but then there was also like you are such an idiot. Yeah. Uh which then like call me old fashioned but I would say a bit of the blame of that falls on the parents to be honest. Well, I don't think he had the nicest upbringing. No, no, probably not. But he, he also sees his son as more of an obligation. And, you know, when yeah, he finally catches John and he talks about, you know, you chose a life, you've got a wife, i got a son. It would have been much better if I had a wife, you know. So he's he's nearly, 
you know, a bit upset with the way his life has turned out. He doesn't have anyone to share it with. Um, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But that scene was quite pivotal as well. That was probably the most um, dialogue that happened in the whole scene was yeah. when he yeah, captured nice John. Yeah, yeah. And it was a really important moment too. I had to watch it back. Um, I think I missed a bit of it. There was a little bit of like uh, suggested speak in there with what he went through. And I don't know. I, sometimes that happens with me. It might go over my head a little bit. <laughs> and the right. lights were really bright. There were lots of lens flares coming from behind them silhouetted. I was just taken aback by the beautiful cinematography. Yeah, it was gorgeous. <laughs> um, I, I had, I wanted to mention Willem Dafoe. Uh, I, I love Willem Dafoe as an actor. I think he is, he is incredible. Um, and if you haven't seen people watching at home, and for Terence as well, if you haven't seen a movie called The Lighthouse, which came out quite recently, no. um, directed by Robert Eggers, uh, yep. he is just so much fun in that movie. The movie it was kind of uh, marketed as like this really dark, dour, you know, existential, like weird cinem- piece of cinema, which it, it kind of is, but it's also hilarious. And most of that is due to Willem Dafoe. He's so really? great. But yeah, I think he's... He's kind of nothing in this film for me. I, as much as I respect him as an actor, I, I, you could almost do away with the character completely. I don't think he's, he's given anything to do. Yes, he is. He's even given special mention in credits with Willem Dafoe. Um, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's the, well, that's, he's a con- the, that's a contract thing. <laughs> yeah, I know that. He's the saviour, right? He is, he's John He's the Wicks. ex-marketer. He's his mentor. He's his ally. Yeah. You know, he is the one who has saved John Wick's life twice. Although arguably Yeah, but there's the other first ways time... that you could write that. You could you could write that yeah. so that John Wick gets out of them himself. He is supposed to be the most capable assassin on the planet. Look, it was and just probably... by, by having him by having him survive those scenes by just sheer luck of Harry being there that is he was a bit there. kind of like, oh, that's it just felt or a Marcus, little bit lazy. Marcus, Marcus sorry. Marcus, what did yeah. I say, Harry? Harry Harry's the his other mate in the hotel room who Miss Perkins right. kills on okay. oh, the hotel yes. grounds. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, look, you know what? You, you might be right there. It did seem like a bit of a two-bit part. You know, they could have got anyone uh, yeah. to do Although that. I'm happy, I'm happy to see him. Way, but I think that also gave more fuel for the final, for the final scene, you know? And I think yeah, Will, Willem's character also... It, what was nice was that you think he's double-crossing John at the beginning. Yeah. And yeah, that, was, even, that was somewhat interesting. Even to the point where he takes that first shot and hits John's pillow. Even then, I thought, oh, did he miss? What's going on? Because I thought he was rushing the shot because he saw Miss Perkins come in. I thought, he's quickly, he's got to re-aim yeah. and he just missed. But of course, he wouldn't have just missed. There, were, there was a warning shot and then he did it yeah. again. So... You know, I don't know why they got. It. I think it's just cool that he's in this film. Um, yeah, like and, I, you know, as I said, I I love him. It's it's more not? the character. I should have led with that. It's more the character I have an issue with rather than rather than Mom Defoe. I think yeah, Mom yeah. Defoe does bring a lot that. to it. The scene where um, uh, Vigo goes to to his apartment for the first time to offer the the contract. Yeah. Uh, to him for John Wick, the fact that he's making a like a veggie smoothie. Yes. in the morning and serves him the veggie smoothie yeah it's just a nice little like you know he's a little bit older so yep. if he's going to keep up with these young guys he's got to kind of you know he's got to he's got to keep himself in shape so this is like yeah. the sacrifice that he's made 
He's not yeah. sitting there drinking drinking gin in the morning. And he's in his uh, in his really cool New York terraced apartment thingy. Love that, that apartment. You know, love and it. He's he's earned his stripes. He was probably one of the best assassins at at one time. You know, there's a yeah, reason that, that he's he's coming to to him to see if he can kill John Wick. But he yeah. knows that there are ties there. But I think look, that was a mentor role. They had to they had to get someone really old as well. Um, <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Willem. Um, <laughs> yeah, <and> brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Can we rewind that? Take that. But as a father figure for John, they had to get someone experienced and wise. Someone with experience and uh, yeah, and really yeah. aged skin. Saved, saved it. <laughs> aged skin. Oh my god, you're making it worse. All right, um, that's all I've got for notes. How are you looking? All right, let's do one more character, uh, Aurelio. John Leguizamo. Oh, John Leguizamo. Yeah, My good. Yeah. I keep forgetting that he's in this film. Yeah, he's great. I love him. It was so cool. I really expected him to have a bigger part, but I'm glad that he didn't. He didn't need to have any more, any no, more screen he was, time. he was in there just as much as he needed to be. When he turned around and you see who it is, I was like, oh, yes, this is going to get real cool now. Um, not that it wasn't already cool, but just add an extra element. And I do also like that that whole scene, when I was talking about the colouring... Uh, that was also shot in these greeny, grey, really dark tones. This was John's world. So yeah. um, John Leguizamo's character, Aurelio, was also an ally of John, obviously. And I, I liked how they did that play with colour. And his character had so much more meat than the Marcus character. You're right. I think Marcus, that, that was a bit... Any, anyone could have been involved there and just done a few sniper shots. And it was all luck. Unless it wasn't. Was Marcus ahead of the game? I don't know, but I love I love how John Leguizamo got to beat, got to sucker punch um, Alfie Allen's Alfie character. Alfie Allen, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was, was cool. nice. And that that you're was finished, first... old man. Yeah, we own you. Um, I, I think that was uh, that was just really cool. That that yeah, actually welcome, leads welcome me to addition. a question I'll ask later on. Yeah, yeah that welcome was a nice addition, addition. to the cast. Oh, and there's, right, well. there's one more um, observation I made about John uh, that I had about John Wick's character. If we cycle back, one quick one. He always dressed beautifully when he was working. Yeah. Had that really cool black suit. L- I uh, love the suit. It's always wearing that. You've got to and, give the cosplayers something. And look, he was so, so cut that his suit got blood on it. And when he goes back to the hotel and he asks... Oh. You've got laundry service. And how yeah. cool is that line? He goes, no one. What does he say? No laundry is that good. Yeah. I'm afraid no one's that good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. And like you said before, the little little splashes of humor in there. Yeah. You really nicely them. You timed. need them to, to kind of cut through the, yeah. the, the violence. Oh, they would have had so much fun with the script as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. All right. Well. All right. So now, if it is your first time here, we're going to move on to a, a, a moment called... What about when? You can see mm-hmm. here it's just popped up on the screen. Um, hashtag what about when. Uh, essentially, the idea of this section is that, you know, when you see a film for the first time with your friends and you leave the cinema, uh, you're still sort of processing it. And so all you can really talk about is is like moments like, oh, what about this? And, and what about that? So uh, that's how this came about. So we're going to just mention a few what about whens. We would love some contributions for this section in, in future episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we announce what we're going to be doing next week and for every week until this is all, this calendar's full. Um, yeah, let us know on, on Twitter or Instagram or just in the comments below uh, what your what about whens are. 
for for the film that we're going to be talking about, and we will add it in this section. Now, I didn't receive any what about one uh, wins for John Wick uh, this week, unfortunately, but I've got my own. Terence, did you have any? I have some too. I have some too. So d- yeah, don't worry if you if you have some and you forgot. Uh, don't worry, we've got what about wins. That's why we're doing this because yeah. we love talking about it. So and they might match up with what you've got as well. Uh, all right, yeah, I've got I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Um, should we go one for one? Go for it. All right. What about when John goes for his fang around in the car on the abandoned airstrip? Oh, yeah. And he... So that's really cool that he does that. Just a cool release. Like, yeah, go, go, you John Wick guy in your cool 69 Mustang. But what about when the hangar door lifts... And you see this massive shot, oh. hangar door lifting. It doesn't even lift all the way up. The car and just John careens just out. whips his car through the little gap, the, the central gap in the door before the door's even open. And he puts it sideways and just goes right through this. I thought that was cool. I'm not a car guy either, really. And anyone watching that knows how to do that kind of stuff would be like, yeah, that's easy. But, yeah. man, if you it don't pull really that cool. off, that would have hurt him. He would have, that door would have hit him where he was driving at. That's yeah, my, a nice, that's a nice little character. Driving talk. A nice little character beat for for John as well, you know, and 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 another piece yeah. of world building too. Like when he enters that airstrip, he just looks at the looks at the guy, looks at John, pushes the button, gate opens, and in he goes. Like no no dialogue necessary, mm. um, helping to set up that that character early on too. So yeah, yeah that's a really good one. Go with your what about um, when, but remind me so, that guy sitting at the gate. I'm gonna say something about that after after what about when. Let's do it now. Yeah, yeah. who is he? Uh, I don't know who he is, but he's reading a book. He's reading a book. And, uh, he, you know, and this builds this world of John Wick knows everything and he's, everyone knows who John Wick is. But the book is a book. I had to write a couple of things down. It's called Shibumi. Shibumi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's a uh-huh. Japanese word. Shibumi. And I, I saw this and it's also a, a still on IMDb. So when you flick through, you'll see it. And so you don't have to rewatch the film and freeze it. It's in an, in a picture on IMDb. So it's Shibumi. In a real quick nutshell, I haven't read the book, obviously, and a lot of this is off, off Wikipedia. But essentially, Shibumi is about a man. I think his name's Nikolai. He's Russian. Uh, uh, Russian mother is born in like 1925 or something in Shanghai. Uh-huh. And during during wars and things, a Japanese general lives with them in their mansion. Um, so he knows now how to speak Japanese, Chinese, and Russian. And through the years of living in the same house as this general, he kind of becomes culturally Japanese. He's of European appearance, which is why later on things come into fray with him. But he... he he learns the culture of the Japanese. He has this talent to kind of step out of his, not out of his body, but out of his mind and do weird things and then come back in and come in refreshed, almost like nothing ever happened. So he has this incredible talent to be focused and disciplined and uh, he's physically capable and mentally capable of a lot of, of things as well. Uh, 1940, 1945, um, uh, Japan surrenders. Uh, the general gets taken... Uh, taken prisoner by the Russians for war crimes. He, Nikolai, has an affinity for the general. They, they grew up together and not affinity, but likes him a lot and goes and visits him in prison. Realizes he's going to get tried, publicly humiliated. They work out that, you know, the only way out of this is to kill the general. So 
Nikolai goes, right, I can do this. I can kill you. They won't know. He breaks into the prison somehow and kills them using the skills of, of the naked kill, which means to use everyday objects to kill a man. And if you remember, Vigo tells his son that this man once to get where he is killed three men with a pencil. With a pencil. And that is actually taken from this book, apparently. So he that, that, that scene. <laughs> so this guy then gets captured by the <laughs> by the US. They torture him. Uh, a lot of things happen. The US then contact him and they locked him up in solitary confinement as well. They contact him and said, we need someone because we need someone who can speak Chinese fluently, speak Russian fluently and has European appearance. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he said, I'll do it, but you don't have to pay me anything. Just tell me the addresses and the names of the people that tortured me. So because he was in isolation and solitary confinement or whatever, they tortured him. And, he and they said, revenge sure, rampage. you did. Whenever. And he became uh, the highest paid assassin and the world's most famous assassin. This okay. guy, Nikolai. So that whole book, uh, Shibumi, <laughs> has direct relevance. I could have to sworn this. I said keep it short. Unbelievable. <laughs> when I was reading it, my eyes were just. So the book, the wow. book stars a guy who is a major assassin. Yeah, and it appears Sweet. in a few other films too. That's perfect. I had to tell you, and the, the pen, the pen killing scene too comes out of that. <laughs> oh, that's too. What funny. about when you All realize right. that? I'm gonna put. So I'm just going to put this in, 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 in some slot right in the right in my mind somewhere and keep it in there for a, for a, you a said bit. now. All right, you got to worry about when I did. I said I thought it was going to be very quick. <laughs> I um, know, right, I have learned my lesson. Don't worry. Okay, uh, a lot of my uh, what about whens because we're still in what about whens. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm only going to do one because we, we've run out of time. Um, we've already talked about um, which one do I want to go with? Uh, let's go. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've spoken. So the ones that I had were when uh, Aurelio was talking to Vigo over the phone about his son being punched. Yes. Um, when we first see the capabilities of John in his house. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the first time, like he's 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 the boogeyman. He's he's the the best assassin. Everything that he's done for us has 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 laid down the bedrock for the foundation that is our our Russian Empire. Uh, and then we actually get to see it in his house with that amazing set piece of him him killing uh, all of those people in his in his house. Yeah. Uh, but the one that I'll go with um, is just when at the close to the very end of the film, when John is about to to finish his mission that he's been on the entire time in the warehouse, where he's 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 got to Yosef and he's going to kill him, and he just unceremoniously holds out his gun and shoots him in the stomach, walks over and shoots him in the head. There's no one liner. Uh, yeah, nothing quippy. It's just he has just been an unstoppable force to get to this point, and uh, and he just he achieves it in just the most unceremonious way possible. Uh, I think yeah. it was really good. They didn't. They could have very easily have gone over the top with it, uh, and I respect the fact that they didn't. <coughs> yeah, John's character didn't. He felt this doesn't deserve any kind of ceremony. Yeah, no, no talking. No, you deserve this. Nothing. It was really good. He deserved it. He got he got it in the way that. Uh, he should have got it. Um, yep. Okay, cool. Uh, what about when the cops come to his front door in that first big massacre scene? Even in John, even in Jimmy, that whole exchange was beautiful. And he peers in. Oh, you're working again. No, just, uh, what does he say? Just just sorting some stuff out. Just sorting some stuff out. Okay. All right. See you later. Right, <laughs> I love that. Right, Jimmy. What about in that scene, how he smashes the guy's head over the back of the kitchen 
bench. Yeah, that's a brutal. Just, oh, that's a brutal that kill. I hate even saying that. And when John does that diagonal shoot up through the wall behind him, when the two of them are either yeah. side of the wall, oh, that, that was cool yeah, that's, as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. that. That's all my what about wins out of the way. Yeah, sweet. That that's all I got. What about wins. Um, Perfect. Can so, I, yeah, can if you I... want to get in a, uh, a what about when, um, Twitter, Instagram, comments yes. below, uh, best way to do it. Yes. Uh, we have an email yes. as well, uh, the, the moviecal at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more for, for what's coming up now, which is, it's time for the moment we've all been waiting for, the movie calendar. So now we're going to place the film onto our movie calendar. Yes. Uh, where it'll, it'll be on there. So then on, on that day, if you're struggling to figure out what to watch, you'll be able to flick to John Wick because uh, there'll be a story to go along with it. Yeah. Won't it, now, won't it, Lee? It'll be on the movie calendar. Now, we didn't receive any contributions for the movie calendar this week. Uh, so I had an idea. It started with an idea uh, as to where this was going to go. And as mentioned at the very top of the episode, uh, the production company, the stunt production company behind this uh, with Chad Stahelski and David Leach is 8711 or 8711 Action Designs. Action or design. whatever I'm just going to yep. call it 8711. People know what I'm talking about. 8711 Action Design. Uh, so it was founded in 1977. I wanted to try and find the exact date that this company was founded and then put the film on that date. Now I have reached out to 8711 via their website through their, their comment section. And I have tweeted at, uh, at David Leach. Chad Stahelski does not have Twitter, unfortunately, uh, to try and get the answer. I have not had a response as of the recording of this episode. So I would like to beg and plead just for a week uh, to, to not have this film put on, on the calendar until what? I can find out that date. I know, scandalous, right? Um, uh, if, if you're not okay with that, I do have a date, which is the 13th of October. Now, on the 13th of October was just the release date for this film. Which I would be happy for it to go on that date. If we can't find out what date 8711 was created, yeah. uh, then, then I'm happy to go with the 13th of October. But I want to exhaust all resources at my disposal first. Yes. All now, right. if you want to help listeners and watchers, if you want to help us find this date, uh, there, will be, uh, there will be uh, a prize. So if you, can find, if you can find the date for when this was done with proof, to send to us, to our email or to Twitter, uh, then you will get, once the movie calendar is all finished and it's all full, you will get a free movie calendar. Free, free movie, movie calendar. calendar. So that's the... That's <laughs> in the, however many that's years the, it what takes I'm putting to down. In it. however many years it takes us to finish this, I will remember, I will, I will jot it down. Uh, <laughs> we'll write I will it down. Send you, I will send you a movie calendar. Whoa, um, that's, yeah, so that's That's what I want to do. Deal. So what if what, I find that's out? The, that's the plan. If... if <laughs> You know what, Terence? If you find out, you can you can get a movie calendar at 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 at, at ninety five percent of its retail price. Yes. So, yeah. All right. Whatever it happens to be, I have no idea. Lee, I'm fine with that. But what was the tentative date? October thirteenth. Thirteenth uh, of October, and it's October. literally just that's when this film was released out it's into released. the world okay. in the in the US. Um, and so yeah, I would uh, I would be very happy for it to be on that day. I didn't right, want to. Cool. I thought about putting it right in the middle of blockbuster season, so through that like. May, April, June, July, somewhere in there. 
Um, but in the real world, when the calendar's finished, there's going to be a lot of blockbusters and stuff coming out at that time. So I think October 13th would be a good one for it anyway. Okay. Um, uh, and yeah, the release date. So if we can't find, if we can't find it out uh, when 8711 was created, then 13th of October is where it's going to go. All right. We so won't sorry wait. for the, sorry we for the cop out, everyone. <laughs> we won't wait <laughs> too apologies, long. My apologies, but no, it's, we won't wait too long. It's fine. Probably We're very good early. Yeah, probably good at this, this point podcast, to say so. that we are actually going to create a, a calendar. We're going to create, we're working on a digital version. It'll be on the website. You'll be able to click and see a calendar. So don't worry, that is coming. Uh, it's coming I, soon. I wanted to throw questions, quick fire questions ready. You don't have to answer them. Here we go. What happened to his original Mustang? He was given a new uh, one by the oh, Continental. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, good. We find that out in the sequel. Do we really? All right, that's the one I'm going to watch with my children and my wife. Um, yes. Then As you, the morning, should. the morning we wake up with John Wick. The opening, opening moments, not the first scene. Opening moments. Um, is this the day he turns off the life support for his wife? Uh, because n- no, the way they cut because that it's after the fu- it's after the funeral. Is it okay? Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm going to keep going. Um, Daisy is the name of the puppy. Yes. Is, is Daisy still in the car when he goes on his abandoned airport drive? No, so he went off to get puppy supplies and the yeah. dog. And then, uh, because there's no puppy supplies or anything in the car, so he made a trip home. And so he's oh, dropped Daisy look at home. you making the story become good. Okay, why did John take the bus rather than his, I'm guessing it was his wife's beaten up car that had the baseball bat through the window after the guys came and killed Daisy? His car was gone. He had a perfectly good car. Okay, the windows were smashed in, but he chose. Was it not, just the windows smashed in, Terence? I don't know. Or had the tires been slashed? <gasps> okay, maybe the tires have been slashed. Maybe I have to watch it again. Yeah, fine. If this, good is, if this is your first time, if this is your first time listening to the Movie Calendar podcast, and you've made it this far, <laughs> congratulations. This is a long one. I do apologise. We're getting um, longer and longer. Uh, okay. I, if- I love attention to detail. So yes, I noticed right. that the tires had been slashed. That is very good. Usually I pick up on those things. If, okay, the secret bar in the Continental, so secret, little, little alleyways and turns and nooks and everything to get in there. There were so many people in that bar. I'm sure there would have been a few people he would have had to pass and squeeze through to get there. There was no one. It was totally abandoned, isolated, no one. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, there should have been you, more people. Backwards of I have no idea what you're trying to get at. Okay. I have no idea. I was like, are you, is it like a fire hazard? I'm like, yes, it probably <laughs> is. But like, it's fictional. It doesn't okay, really exist. Here's another statement. I don't fully believe how Joseph and his crew of, of bad boy wannabes do not know who John Wick is. Even though it's a number of years of him being out of the game. For someone that good, he would They're be not legend. He would be legend, surely. He... He is in that world. Those guys are not oh, in that world. That his world. father is because he okay, has had cool. to utilize their services, but they are Fine. not in, in the world. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. And one more thing. How can John Wick miss three times when he shot to shoot um, Joseph in the bathhouse? He goes in and it's a bloodbath after John Wick is through there at the beginning of the red circle fight scene. In the bloodbath, uh, in the bloodbath, in the bathhouse, and he shoots everyone, kills everyone really nicely, and then Yosef runs behind these glass panels, and John goes, Pew! glass panel shatters. Yosef runs, the next glass panel, three times. Yeah. What? Well, he's not a like, he's still human. Like he's not a, he's not a god. I love the movie. Um, 
then my question's out of the way. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I would say he literally he answers that question later when after he's getting stitched back up, he's like, "I'm just rusty, I guess." Uh, like he's been Fine. as good as he is. He's been out of the game a while and. Fine. And yeah, it's a moving, moving target. Yeah, he's not, he's not a, he's not a robot. So why are you? He's, he's allowed to have lead? some. some he's not real. He does lose a cup. He loses a few fights in the film, actually. Yeah, I guess he gets caught too, doesn't he? But that's because a car yep. bashes him. Yeah. Mm. Oh well, look, that's it. I'm done. I'm good. And he gets I'm... thrown off the balcony in the club as well. And oh, how good! Yeah. How indestructible is this man? That would have yeah, winded such a me. Good stunt. I would have been out for like twenty minutes. Yeah, I, that was a hard, I get winded that was a when hard I fall floor. off a swing watching my kids at the park and I fall backwards off the swing when I'm not even swinging. Yeah. Oh, daddy's down for 10. I can't move, kids. Sorry. That would have killed me. How perfect is the little poop that little Daisy does? Yeah, I know. That was definitely morning. fake. Oh, <laughs> that was not so real. <laughs> Trust me, as a, as a dog owner, that was not a fake poo. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a fake poo. No, sorry. It wasn't a real, it wasn't a real one. <laughs> oh, look, I'm, I'm All good. right. I got it all out. We, Sweet. we all right. didn't well, do much shorter than any other episode. No, nah, that's fine. I honestly thought this one was, was... And I say it every week. I know <laughs> I do, and I'm so sorry. I honestly thought this one was going to be a bit shorter because I, I did not take nearly as many notes. I thought if I don't take as many notes, it's going to be shorter. Wrong. Didn't work. So next week, I'm just not going to make any notes and we'll see how it goes. No, I'm not going to do that. And I won't I love, talk about Shibumi. I love next week's film. So next week's film... Oh, yes. Uh, we this are going to be talking thing. about... So here it comes... Um, now you've, you've all heard of the name Taika Waititi I'm sure director of uh, Thor Ragnarok and uh, episodes of The Mandalorian on, on Disney Plus uh, Jojo one Rabbit of his, he got yeah Jojo Rabbit wow he got so he got his start making comedies small comedies in New Zealand his home country uh, and one of those uh, we're going to be talking about next week and it is Hunt for the Wilder People I am so cool. excited to talk about this movie uh, it is it's still, I think it still might be my favorite comedy of all time. I, I'm, I, I'd have to look into it, but I just every time I put it on, it is is it's incredible. So I can't wait to uh, to talk about Hunt for the Wilder People coming cool. next week. So make sure you get in your hashtag What About Wens? Yep. Um, and uh, and think of a date. And yeah, if you have you a story to go along with a date, um, for this film, uh, let us know mm. and we will put it on the calendar just for you. That's a good point. Don't just tell us the date. Tell us why you want it on that date. Yeah. Yeah. Email email in. That would be a good way to tell us the date or leave it mm-hmm. in the comments below. But if you leave it in the comments, then it's public and then people will know. Yeah. So we don't want... We want, to, we want people to be surprised. Um, if Now, right at the end, before we finish, if, if you've made it this far and you're still sticking around, huge thank you. This is still such a, a young podcast for us. So we are, we are still trying to get it out there. We don't want to sort of, you know do the usual oh, beg for subscribers and stuff if you're here and you're already subscribed and this far in um, that's great the, the one thing you can do if you are on YouTube is to just uh, tap the like button uh, that will really help us gain visibility mm-hmm. uh, to people who want who would who would enjoy listening to us and discovering us uh, and if you're listening to us on the on the podcast app uh, of choice um, most people listen through the the podcast app on iTunes you can give us a review straight from app uh, it would or it would really star. help um, rating yeah whatever if you've made it this far you're probably enjoying it so i would hope it would be a five star um but yeah just leave us a leave us a nice review and um uh, that'll really help us to get uh, to get discovered and we love feedback as well 
email us let us know if there's something that we could do to to make this a better experience and you know we'll do a movie that you are going to love and hopefully you're going to love all the movies that we talk about but yeah we, we love feedback and that's kind of what's shaped it to this point as well it changes all the time we are new to this we're having a great time and yeah. we do appreciate everyone that watches everyone that's talked to us some of our friends and family my friends and family are talking to me that i haven't spoken to in a long time as well yeah hey Ma. really cool <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I'm really enjoying it too. Um, so that's a nice, I think that's a nice little bookend for this episode. Thank you everyone yep. for watching. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week for Hunt for the Wilder People. Thanks everyone. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye.